In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us pray. O Lord, grant to your faithful people pardon and peace, that they may be cleansed from all their sins, and serve you with a quiet mind. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The Old Testament reading for the 20th Sunday after Trinity is from the book of the prophet Isaiah, the 55th chapter. Ho, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters, and you who have no money, come, buy and eat. Yes, come, buy wine and milk, without money and without price. Why do you spend money for what is not bread and your wages for what does not satisfy? Listen carefully to me and eat what is good and let your soul delight itself in abundance. Incline your ear and come to me. Hear and your soul shall live and I will make an everlasting covenant with you the sure mercies of David. Indeed, I have given him as a witness to the people, a leader and commander for the people. Surely you shall call a nation you do not know, and nations who do not know you shall run to you because of the Lord your God and the Holy One of Israel, for he has glorified you. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way, and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord, and he will have mercy on him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. This is the word of the Lord. The eyes of all look expectantly to you, O Lord, and you give them their food in due season. You open your hand and satisfy the desire of every living thing. The epistle is from St. Paul's letter to the Ephesians, the fifth chapter. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Therefore do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of God. This is the word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 22nd chapter. And Jesus answered and spoke to them again by parables and said, The kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who arranged a marriage for his son and sent out his servants 
to call those who were invited to the wedding, and they were not willing to come. Again he sent out other servants, saying, Tell those who are invited, See, I have prepared my dinner, my oxen and fatted cattle are killed, and all things are ready. Come to the wedding. But they made light of it, and went their ways, one to his own farm, another to his business. And the rest seized his servants, treated them spitefully, and killed them. But when the king heard about it, he was furious, and he sent out his armies, destroyed those murderers, and burned up their city. Then he said to his servants, The wedding is ready, but those who were invited were not worthy. Therefore go into the highways, and as many as you find, invite to the wedding. So those servants went out into the highways, and gathered together all whom they found, both bad and good, and the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to see the guests, he saw a man there who did not have on a wedding garment. So he said to him, Friend, how did you come in here without a wedding garment? And he was speechless. Then the king said to the servants, Bind him hand and foot, take him away, and cast him into outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called, but few are chosen. This is the word of the Lord. We confess our faith with the words of the Nicene Creed. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man, and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. And the third day he rose again, according to the Scriptures, and ascended into heaven, and sits at the right hand of the Father, and he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spake by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church, I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. O Lord, look down from heaven, behold, and let thy pity waken. How few are we within thy fold. 
thy saints by men forsaken. True faith seems quenched on every hand. Men suffer not thy word to stand. Dark times have us o'ertaken. With fraud which they themselves invent, thy truth they have confounded. Their hearts are not without consent, on thy pure doctrine grounded. While they parade without word show, they lead the people to and fro. In errors maze astounded. May God root out all heresy and of false teachers rid us, who proudly say, Now where is he that shall our speech forbid us? By right or might we shall prevail, what we determine cannot fail. We all know, Lord and Master. Therefore, saith God, I must arise. The poor, my help, are needing. To me ascend my people's cries and I have heard their pleading. For them my saving word shall fight, and fearlessly and sharply smite the poor with might defending. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Again he sent out other servants, saying, Tell those who are invited, See, I have prepared my dinner, my oxen and fatted cattle are killed, and all things are ready. Come to the wedding. But they made light of it and went their ways, one to his own farm, another to his business. And the rest seized his servants, treated them spitefully, and killed them. But when the king heard about it, he was furious. And he sent out his armies, destroyed those murderers, and burned up their city. Then he said to his servants, The wedding is ready, but those who were invited were not worthy. Therefore go into the highways, and as many as you find, Invite to the wedding. So those servants went out into the highways and gathered together all whom they found, both bad and good, and the wedding hall was filled with guests. 
This is the word of the Lord. The days are evil. Anyone with eyes and ears is able to tell that. Anyone with a tongue and lips should lament that fact and should live lives of repentance for it before the Lord. But also anyone with a brain should take heart from the implications of St. Paul's declaration about the times and their nature. If the days were evil when St. Paul wrote, and he, despite that, found joy and hope, so can we, here and now. The days may be evil, but so were the days of your fathers and your mothers, of your grandparents, of your forefathers, and your departed siblings and parents in the faith through time. Your solace amidst these days is twofold. First, it is the church, for the church is where Christ lives in these days and from where he works in the ministry of his holy touch in spirit and in body. Second, it is in the hope of the church, mainly that expressed by her three ecumenical creeds, the three creeds that bind together any body that calls itself Christian in the words, I believe in Jesus Christ, who shall come again to judge both the living and the dead, and I believe in the resurrection of the body and the life everlasting. Your solace is in the gifts of Jesus here and now, and in the hope of the gifts Jesus comes to bring at a then in the future, which remains as of yet unknown. Perhaps it will be today. Perhaps it will not be for another two centuries. When it happens is inconsequential. That it will happen is the important fact and the source of hope now in evil days. These are important things for you to take to heart, especially in light of how Jesus depicts the kingdom of the heavens in the parable of the wedding feast. If you pay close attention to Mother Church's lectionary, you will recall that this parable has already occurred in the cycle. But here it is again, recorded this time not by St. Luke, but by St. Matthew. The difference between the two evangelists' tellings is stark. St. Luke records the eschatological nature of the wedding feast, a feast to which all Christians look forward in the end times, feasting on heavenly food and drinking the best wine forever in paradise. St. Luke records the then, a picture of that blessed marriage feast of the Lamb in his kingdom, which shall have no end. St. Matthew, on the other hand, records the temporal nature of this feast, the now, 
the church at present in the midst of evil days. The father has made a wedding feast for his son by joining to him his bride, the church. Christ, born of Mary, is the fulfillment of the psalmist's words. He has set a tabernacle for the son, which is like a bridegroom coming out of his chamber. The father has made a marriage feast for the bridegroom, the word who tabernacles among us. So too does the father then invite his beloved to the marriage feast. And who are his beloved? All whom he has brought forth in love, sustains in love, and seeks to be joined to Christ in love. In short, the whole world whom the Father so loves, he invites to the feast. Twice does he send forth his servants to call those invited guests. He sends the prophets of old, proclaiming the wedding feast of Christ to the church. He sends the apostles of now, proclaiming the very same. It is finished, says the bridegroom, while the father says, See, I have prepared my dinner, my oxen and fatted cattle are killed, and all things are ready. Come to the wedding. Yet despite the invitations, despite the great cost of the wedding feast and the lavish provisions prepared for all in attendance, so many refuse. They made light of it and went their ways. They ignored the invitation. They treated the invitation flippantly with mockery. They did not take seriously the invitation. They treated it lightly. They laughed at it and turned their backs upon the messengers, upon those charged with proclaiming the words of the Lord. But others went further. Others seized the messengers, took them to court, defamed them in the community, and even made martyrs out of them. My, how the days are evil. But vengeance belongs to the Lord, not to the servants. The servants, whether they live or die, are only called to do the will of the master, the father who hosts the wedding feast. All the while they pray, plead my cause, O Lord, with those who strive against me, Fight against those who fight against me. He does. He sent out his armies, destroyed those murderers, and burned up their city. St. Paul is one such messenger, sent out by the Lord to speak the word of invitation. And St. Paul implores we then, as workers, together with him, also plead with you not to receive the grace of God lightly. Those on the outside are who you expect to take lightly the Lord's invitation. 
Yet many still take it lightly on the inside too. Even after the Lord avenges his messengers, wicked men enter into the wedding feast, sit alongside the good, and in the Lord's house take lightly his grace. Many are called, but few are chosen. None enter in without a wedding garment. The wicked choose, once admitted, to remove their wedding garment because they treat it lightly. The Lord reveals a grave and heavy burden to those who treat his grace so lightly. Bind him hand and foot, take him away, and cast him into outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So often this wedding garment is compared with baptism. Baptism gets you into the church, yes, nor can you be admitted without it. But one wicked man, representative of the many mixed in with the good, is admitted only to be removed. Church is not fire insurance. Baptism is not magic. Holding to the teachings of Scripture is not optional. Simply being in the wedding hall is not the guarantee of partaking of the feast. Many are called, but few are chosen. Baptism does not save by the work worked. It saves as the new birth into the new life of Christ that is then to be lived out by the grace of God. Whoever does not believe will be condemned. Nothing in this wedding feast is to be taken lightly. The baptism that is neglected, ignored, treated lightly is a baptism rejected. The churchgoer that is simply hedging the bet against hell or looking for a buffet of free grace for the inwardly unrighteous to gorge upon is truly destined already for the outer darkness. The soul that wants a Christian identity apart from the Christian teaching and a Christian living will soon be left speechless under the gaze and heavy accusation of the Father. What is the wedding garment? It is not just baptism. In the fullest sense, it is the baptismal life lived out, or as St. Paul says, it is putting on the Lord Jesus Christ and making no provision for the flesh. As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. The days are certainly evil, so that you must walk carefully, not as fools, but as wise, according to Christ the Bridegroom, 
never taking lightly that divine invitation brought forth by the Lord's prophets, apostles, pastors. In the gospel, at the wedding feast, as the church joined to Jesus, the days are never so bad that a good man cannot live in them. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. The invitation is out not to be taken lightly. The guests are gathered, wicked and good alike, though very soon only the good will remain. The feast is prepared. The lamb is slain. It is finished. And all things are now ready. Are you? Amen. Let us pray for the whole Church of God and our Lord Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. For the Spirit to preserve the Church, his own creation, for defense against all heresies and schisms, for peace and unity, for strength of faith, resolve of will, and boldness of confession among all Christians, for a right desire for purity and sanctity, for Christ to dwell in every home by prayer, and for an increase in devotion among the saints of God, let us pray to the Lord. For the people of Christendom, that residing within the church, they would inhabit a city of God set apart from the world. For all bishops and pastors, that they would remain steadfast in their callings. For an increase of laborers to send into the harvest, and for the strength to rebel against the spirit of this age, let us pray to the Lord. For all who suffer for the sake of the gospel, that the body of Christ, yet separated by land and sea, may remain united in fasting, prayer, and devotion, let us pray to the Lord. For a spirit of love and charity to abound within this nation, for prosperity and peace, for an end to all sedition, rebellion, hatred, and scorn, for wisdom to all who rule, especially to Joseph, our president, and Michael, our governor, that they may lead in honesty for the betterment of our people, for truth and justice, for the defense of the innocent, and for concord among all nations, let us pray to the Lord. For deliverance, from sin and error and evil, discord and strife, for an end to all war and bloodshed, especially in the lands of Israel and Ukraine, for the conversion of the pagans and the return of the apostate, for the destruction of the proud and the upright and blessing to the meek, and for repentance and grace to our persecutors, slanderers and enemies, let us pray to the Lord. For mercy to the sinful, for provision to the innocent, the widow, the orphan, the homeless, the abused, and the needy. For the comforter to heal the downtrodden, to raise up the brokenhearted, 
to embrace all victims of violence, suffering, and disaster, to give joy to the depressed, and to grant peace to the anxious, let us pray to the Lord. For the defense of the innocent and the just, for our youth, that their learning may be safeguarded from the blasphemy of worldliness, and for all teachers, that they may be encouraged in all right endeavors to educate the youth in all truth, with all integrity, and against all falsehood, and for the protection and preservation of them all, let us pray to the Lord. For the healing touch of Christ, our good physician, for the hands of Christ's healing work, all doctors, nurses, surgeons, emergency responders, and all other medical professionals, for all who suffer ailments of body or soul, especially Shannon, Gail, Wilma, Judy, and Vicky, for those near death, for comfort to those who mourn, and for peace to all who have departed in the faith in the eager expectation of the resurrection of the body, let us pray to the Lord. We give you thanks, Holy Father, for your holy name, which you have caused to dwell within our hearts, and for the knowledge of faith and immortality that you have made known to us through Jesus, your servant. Remember your church, O Lord, to deliver it from all evil and to make it perfect in your love. From the four winds, gather the church that has been sanctified into your kingdom, which you have prepared for it. For yours is the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. <laughs> 